0: Like that. <laughs> this episode of the Bucktails Podcast is brought to you by Pistol Creek and Trip Sporting Goods. Oh, good blood. All right, that's a good blood here. Shut yeah. up. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> good deer, babe. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Bucktails Podcast. This is your host, Eli Self. I'm here today with John Browning, and we are going to talk all things Pistol Creek today, how turkey season has been going, um, what birds have died. I know birds have died nationwide, top to bottom, southeast, midwest, north. I mean, they've died all over the place this year. And uh, just going to talk about turkeys. This may be my first turkey episode ever on the podcast. but, um, But yeah, welcome in, John. Thank you for coming on tonight. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. So uh, I don't know if I've ever told you this, I definitely never put this on the podcast, but um, how I got my start into turkey hunting, it was before I ever knew John. But I was involved with an organization called United Special Sportsmen's Alliance, and they allowed kids with terminally terminal illnesses or life-changing ailments. You know, I've got the physical disability going on, so I got to kill deer in Illinois, Alabama. I went, I killed a bear in Wisconsin. I went turkey hunting in Southern Alabama. It was actually Mulberry Creek hunting club. They put on, it's like the John LeMaster annual, like disability hunt. But at this place, we, you know, we went and stayed there in Alabama. And it was one of those places where you get up in the morning, you go out, you know, it's a lot like South Georgia, Sandy pines, things like that. But you could hit a, owl hoot or a crow call first thing in the morning you'd hear like eight gobbles every single morning i ever went there i mean it was there were turkeys all over the place so that's how i got my start into turkey hunting i don't know if i'd ever told you that john but uh i I knew you had done that
1: hunt but i didn't know that's where you got your start
0: Mm -hmm. and then with through them i killed a jake i lost a gobbler too far of a shot really but and then i killed a, a nice tom down there but uh yeah how did you? do you remember your first turkey hunt or like, how did you, when did like the, the fire begin for John Browning?
1: Uh, Okay. Well, this is going to be a long one, but um, okay. So um, my father didn't turkey hunt when I was growing up. In fact, my father probably wouldn't have deer hunted uh, if, if I hadn't twisted his arms to, he was more of a rabbit hunter, squirrel hunter, small games guy and, uh, and fisherman. Um, but we hunted in the fall, and it was not until I turned 16, which was, what, uh, 34 years ago that I turned 16, and I had the ability to go on my own, and, and honestly, I was just trying to recreate deer season. I, I, lo- I loved it, you know, so much that um, the the thought of going nine months without getting to go deer hunting again um, was, you know, just torture to me, so when I turned 16, i up turkey hunting and was awful at it um was um and I didn't know what I was doing so but unfortunately there was a man in our hometown and Gainesville named Herd McClure and he ran the sporting goods section at, at Gibson's which was the local um equivalent of I guess Walmart or Kmart uh back then and uh he sort of gave me some pointers and uh, got me started where I at least heard some turkeys gobbling and answering me. And then uh, my brother-in-law, um, Brent Goodman, probably, when I guess I was what, 19 or 20. Um, he was a good bit older than I was. Not a good bit. He's a little bit older than I was. He may hear this. I don't want to say that, but uh, he took me in and actually got, he he took me from the point where I could actually go out and hear turkeys. And he sort of, he sort of said okay here's how you kill them and between herb and brent my brother-in-law um they probably they they created a monster so um that's that's how i got started and so i i guess i was 19 um and brent my brother-in-law um called in the first turkey i ever killed and i was fortunate enough this earlier this spring to to get to hunt in florida with him and and watch him kill his first ever Osceola. So it it uh it was uh it's sort of sort
0: of a really nostalgic hunt for me there in Florida. Yeah, kind of a full circle deal. Yeah. Uh yeah, the name the name Herb McClure, a lot of people in North Georgia mm-hmm. um know that name and it's synonymous with Blue Ridge Mountains and Turkeys. Uh, right. I forget he he's written a few books. I read one of them while I was working at Tritz one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Reddit cover to cover. I mean, and it's just it's about like reading the Tenth Legion, the North Georgia version. You know, for the right. Blue Mountain, yeah. Blue Ridge Mountain Birds. But uh, well, here, here here's
1: a here's a neat story on that. I think it's the uh, um
0: turkeys of the North
1: Georgia Mountains. I think is the book he's written. The forward in that book was written by a guy named Doug Grendel, and I'm sitting on the property we purchased from Doug Grendel right now. So uh up here out, you know, where I'm at up in here and such is um this was all Doug Grendel's property. He wrote the Ford for Herb McClure's book. I you know, I always thought that was really neat. I didn't know that back in the back in the day. But uh one day reading Herb's book, I, I looked at the Ford, I said, Well, doggone, there's Doug Grendel writing the forward for it. So, um, and I now live on property we purchased from Doug Grendel, what forty,
0: thirty years ago? something like that yeah definitely a small world or you know it seems small sometimes but uh that's that's (laughs) all the all the connections there within the turkey woods and just the turkey community that's uh that's pretty wild it's a Um, a
1: small world and we'll we'll probably get into some of that here before we're over with but it's definitely a small world
0: oh yeah so uh yeah so i was interested to see to hear kind of how you got your start turkey hunting i mean some people you know like i talked to interviewed jay maxwell this past spring and he's you know since he was five six seven years old had been carrying turkeys out you know was blessed to you know hunt from a very young age and some people start started hunting outright at 25 you know and i know you've hunted your whole life but turkeys i didn't i didn't know when he started turkey hunting so that's interesting you know as a teenager you started getting after it but uh So, yeah, we can go ahead and jump into this season. That was kind of the point of this whole episode, but I I usually like to ask a starting story, you know, kind of how everything got rolling for you. So I know you've been to Florida, up north, Wyoming, I think, Montana. Uh, You you can get into more of that about how all those trips went. But one specifically I want to hear about is the turkey that kicked your tail in such a few weeks ago. (laughs) Mm You talking about the one that broke my leg? Yeah, that one. That's it. Uh, well,
1: um, so sometimes you'd rather be lucky than good, but sometimes you got to pay for it. So uh, I had I had been seeing this turkey and honestly been letting him go. Um, for those of y'all who don't know, my my youngest daughter Maddie's a big turkey hunter, and and we had been seeing a bird regularly up here on our family land, and um, I just you know, hadn't really hunted him, and I was working on the tractor one day, and happened to see him, I had just got done bush hogging, and as soon as I got done bush hogging, he was out in the meadow that I just bush hogged, and came by, that was the second time I'd seen him that day, and I finally decided, you know, he's asking for it, so I went up to the uh, top of the hill, parked the tractor, ran down, I couldn't find anything to wear except for my 15-year-old daughter's leafy flodged top grabbed my shotgun a head net a camouflage hat mouth tall went down there in, ten, uh, in tennis shoes and blue jeans and uh set up where i thought the bird wanted to go to and and it was one of those hunts that it was you know i called to him maybe three times and and uh it was you know it's one of those that never happens like i said you'd rather be lucky than good and he came, you know, busting in. Uh, a nice bird. I've got him sitting right out here on the porch right now, drying out his his cape and his and everything. He's he's, he's a nice bird, but uh, came running in, hit him just right, and shot him uh, at about thirty, probably about thirty yards. But he's right on the other side of a ditch, and uh, when I shot, the second I shot, I heard a gobble from right in that area and uh immediately thought when i heard the gobble well i've missed him and so i pop up real quick and look and i I see the turkeys laying there and realize real quick what's actually happened. there's another turkey somewhere and he's he's gobbled at me but the bird started flopping a little bit and we may get into florida and y'all might understand why i might want to get to the bird really quickly when you hear the florida story and um I run over there and I had to cross this ditch. Uh, it was about chest high. And as I started down the ditch, I felt something slap me on the back of the leg, um, that I thought a log had just slipped up and hit me on the back of the leg. And, um, but as I came up the other side of the ditch, I realized my leg was no longer working and I had ripped my, uh, calf muscle. Actually, the doctor said I had torn my calf muscle on my right leg and this was what two weeks prior to me heading to wyoming to hunt for a week um but we we rehabbed it and uh i went out there with a uh ace bandage luckily calf muscles healed themselves um and it didn't get into my achilles um but that was a great bird I'm, i'm i'm proud of that bird but um that's uh i literally when i carried the bird back up to the top of the hill i had to walk backwards all the way up the hill because i could not walk forwards because i had ripped my calf muscle so i guess i came out on the better end of that deal but not by much
0: yeah i uh i stopped by your shop i guess it was a few days the day or two after that to drop something off or get i forget what it was but I, i stopped by the shop there and uh yeah you were in bad shape and you're like well and i'm going to wyoming in two weeks i'm like "Boy, i hope you take you hmm. a take you a wheelchair take you a scooter find out some way to to roll around up there but uh but no. well that was, we uh, we made it happen and um
1: honestly it, by the time i got there it was it was i won't say it's fine i can still feel it a little bit but i was back um i was i was back where i could hang with two 32 year olds um for the entire week and i didn't feel like i was lagging too far behind so i guess i was okay
0: yeah we work, worked out all right that's one of the worst things you've got a trip vacation or trip coming up and you've got an injury you can't fully enjoy it that's the that's the worst um so you're you alluded to a, a story in florida from this year about why you want to get to the bird quickly so what happened there
1: yeah so um we uh we've been hunting at hawk creek outfitters down in florida for years um and uh just and and we will continue to hunt down there for years because it's just it's 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 such a nice uh, departure from reality of hunting these georgia birds i mean and i'm not saying that they're easy but you hear a lot of hear a lot of goblin you hear a lot of you see because you're hunting down in florida you you get to you know in georgia you, you you hear a lot more than what you actually see. And in Florida, you get to see it and hear it because they're there are a lot of pasture birds and it's just always just a lot of fun. And I had been waiting for several years to get to go down there and hunt again. And the first morning I was there, Maddie and I have, uh, have killed several doubles. I don't know how many doubles we've killed, but we've killed several. And uh Maddie's always shot first. And this particular morning, um we were set up on some birds on the roost and uh, we set some decoys out in front of me against my better judgment but I, I a good buddy of mine named Mark Hughes said no 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 I'll no, put the decoys out and we did and um I called the birds off the roost and they they were just hammering everything I did and they flew down honestly they flew down before they should have I was like it's still stinking dark I we, we're not even gonna be sh- be able to shoot these things they flew down so early and they sat there and stared at those decoys for what seemed like five minutes. So it was probably only about 30 seconds to a minute, but, and then they turned and stuck their nose up and just walked away and uh, were gone. They weren't coming into those decoys. And I said, you know, that's been usually been my experience whenever I've tried to decoy. But, um, after a while, Maddie and I chose to get up and run up to the head of this cypress swamp and, um, because we knew they were on the other side of the cypress swamp, we could see the hens. Uh, we couldn't see the gobblers, but we could see the hens, and we knew they weren't going to be too far. So we got up in the point of this cypress swamp, and um, gradually the hens started working back to us and right by us. We had them in a little pinch point between the head of this swamp and a and the head of a, a pond, and uh, the hens went by at 15 to 20 yards from us, and um, i i told maddie i said look those those hens uh, those gobblers are not going to be that far away and um i don't know if she said it right then or if she said a little bit later but just a second or two later wasn't long she said well, i can see them right there here they come and two strutters are coming right down right down maddie's gun barrel but they're out about 100 yards and they get into about 75 and then they hook right and and uh when as they start hooking right maddie basically tells me i don't have a shot um when they go to over her right shoulder and at this point they weren't really in range but they were too close to um for her to turn or do anything like that so finally i just had the bright idea i said okay well maddie i'm going to shoot first as soon as i shoot uh i'm gonna go into the fighting purrs or doing something like that we're gonna we're gonna get the other one back and instead of the way we've always done it we're gonna do it in reverse i shoot first you shoot second problem with doing that is is you got to make the first one die before you can shoot the second one and uh i shot and uh immediately went into focusing on getting the second bird to uh commit back to the bird that i was just certain was dead and and I did hit the bird and you know this is unfortunate but um all of a sudden the bird that I had just shot and killed was running across the uh pasture right there and I got up and tried to try to put it down and I wasn't able to and um down there at Hawk Creek Outfitters the rule is is if you touch a bird uh if you wound a bird you hunt that bird and that bird only the rest of the week and Um, I'm fairly satisfied that, that bird was, was, was mortally wounded. So, uh, we went back, uh, my brother-in-law Brent, he killed a bird that morning. Then he and I went back and looked. And then the next day we went back and looked, tried to find feathers. And, um, it, uh, you know, the owners down there tried to give me a pass and say, maybe you think you just missed, you know, maybe, maybe you just missed. And I was like, you know, I'm sitting here with my daughter. I, you know, I'm not gonna lie. She knows I hit the bird. I know I hit the bird. God knows I hit the bird. So, I, you know, I said, I, you know, I didn't miss. So I just, you know, the first morning I had to put my gun up. I was done. But ultimately, you know, that was sort of what. That's probably the key. That 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 moment set off what I think the theme of this year has been is, is, you know you're going to find what you go looking for. And at that moment, I was not real happy. I had just, I'd been waiting so long to get back down there to my, you know, this is my Disney world that I go to and uh, got back down there. And um, for the first morning to, you know, to ruin it for the next three days, um, you know, I was like, you know, this only happens to me. You know, this is the only kind of stuff that happens to me. And then I stopped and I said, you know what, we're going to find what we're looking for. And if we're looking for misery, if we're looking for uh, excuses, that's what we're going to find. But, uh, you know, there were several of my daughter and several other friends in camp that I could have been a, you know, a real jerk about it and and put my, you know, get everything up, on, you know, got my back up and could have ruined the whole week for three, you know, for three days for five other people. And I just decided, you know, I wasn't gonna do that. And I'll be honest with you, the first day that was an act. It was really hard at that that at that moment to not act like a jerk. I really wanted to be a jerk. And I'm good at being a jerk, but I didn't want to, you know, that's where I really wanted to act, but I didn't want to ruin the week. And then at that time I came back and um told my wife, I said that's the that's the best vacation I've ever had in my life. And you know, I spent the rest of the the next three days Without a gun, helping other people find turkeys and and um, trying to get somebody else on a bird and everybody else ended up killing a bird. It was great. Now Maddie, um, my you know you know the the turkey killer Maddie, my youngest daughter, she averages a bird in Florida about every fifty seven minutes. She's in the state of Florida, but this year she had to work hard. They weren't responding, and uh, she hunted her three days and um she was done and we hadn't killed a turkey uh hadn't shot hadn't clicked the safety off but lo- uh, our friends down there at hall creek said look let's let's stick her over here we got we got other hunters coming in let's stick her over on another piece of property um that is not being hunted and we put her over there and, and she was able to kill a bird that that uh that uh, 3.5 days she was able to kill a bird and so that, that made it all good. So everybody came home with a turkey, except for me, I came home with an empty casing. Uh, I came home with three empty casings actually, but, um, it, uh, you know, that's why, uh, that, um, this year I've been, cause I thought that bird in Florida was dead. I literally watched his watched him roll over and was like, okay, let's just worry about this second bird. Let's get the second bird dead. And, um, Probably should have
0: uh, – probably should have
1: spent a little bit more time getting that first one dead before you start worrying about the
0: second one. Right. Now, that's uh, – I remember you, like, in in our Pistol Creek uh, group text, I remember yeah. hearing about you uh, having a – you know, you missed in Florida and that's a tough way to start a trip, day one, like you said. But that kind of brings up something I brought up. And talked about in my I had like a mental health episode on here mental health and fishing and how like you can be down and out, low confidence, unhappy, and fishing is not as fun. You don't catch as many fish. If you're hunting, you're there, you're you know, you you're already defeated if you go in there with a bad attitude. It makes everybody else around you, you know, droop down and not be as happy. So that's uh, you know, but and it, and it is you gotta be mentally strong to you know, battle through it and just to decide, you know what, I'm in Florida, I'm on a trip, you know, with my daughter, you know, in your case. So that's, uh, you know, you got to be mentally strong to battle through that. And that's, I mean, that's the, you know, social media nowadays, you see everybody posting the turkey kills, posting the big buck kills, posting the big fish being caught. And you're like, man, you know, like that's, that's like what everybody sees. And that's just like the goal for a lot of people. If if you don't have the picture, it's not a successful hunt. And I tell you, some of my favorite hunts, you know, species set aside, <clears throat> some of my favorite hunts are the ones where I screwed up on a turkey, where mm. we, all, we almost killed one. Those are some of the best hunts, mo- most memorable times ever being in the woods. But it's like if you, you know, if I go into a spot and I'm, you know, all right, I'm going to kill a turkey today. That's my goal. And it should of course as a turkey hunter, your goal is to, you know, make the bird die. You know, obviously. But
1: that is that is
0: what we're trying to do.
1: Yeah.
0: We're trying to give the bird a headache. And you know, that's that's that that is obviously what we are trying to do. Kill the they're they're arrogant. You wanna we wanna put them down, right? Mm -hmm. But you know, there there's more to it. And it's like it's the this, this type of stuff, me and you talking about hunts sitting back around the campfire. You know, that's the like at Pistol Creek after the hunt you know and during deer, deer season that's some of the funnest times you can have is just sitting around a campfire shot you know swapping bs stories and it's just the that's the camaraderie that you know hunting was formed upon and i think and, and i'm not saying you do this but i feel like a lot of like, the social media the tiktokers all the all the social media hunters build it up where you've got to be wearing the sitka wearing the high dollar gear killing a bird every time you go in the woods and it's like that's you know some people are getting off base there you know and i've kind of gone off on a tangent there but i feel like that's the.
1: well i mean the the nice thing about turkey hunting is is it's you can you can measure your success in a couple of different ways Uh, you, you don't um i've had a lot of very successful turkey hunts that ended with no shots fired um i can't say that about any other species i hunt um, now I think if I were to, you know, live in the, in the Western States where there was elk, maybe I could say that about elk, but I, I can't, I can't imagine any other species that I've hunted that I could sit there and come back and say, I've had a successful hunt, um, on something where I didn't pull the trigger. And, but Turkey allows that. And the, and the one thing that everybody needs to remember is, is, and, and I'm quoting Donald Jarrett on this one is the master of the Turkey woods is the Turkey. And he usually wins. However, we need to, when we go to pull the trigger, we need to kill him. And, um, there, you know, there's too many bad things that can happen when we we make a bad shot. And I I made one in Florida. The other thing about what you were just talking about is something, a theme from the Wyoming and what turned out an impromptu trip to, to Montana. The theme from that whole weekend last week was, uh, Chris Eastridge, uh, Chris Eastridge came up with this. Actually, I think it's, he quoted his wife because God don't like ugly. And, uh, when, when you go out there and, and, you know, you start showing an attitude and a little bit of, you know, whatnot, it usually doesn't work out good for you. And that's because God don't like ugly. And I tell you what, Wyoming and Montana turned out to be the single greatest week of hunting I've ever had in my life, bar none. Uh, never wow. had anything like that. It, uh, it was, uh, I, I got, I got a text from Chris today that said, Hey, just, and it was a group text with the, you know, with Clinton Phipps in there as well. It said, just remember a week ago today, we had killed 10 birds in two States in three days just remember that when you're back at work and I'm just like, wow, that seems like a lifetime ago, but it, it was, it, that was an amazing trip. And the theme of that trip was God don't like ugly. And we had the time of our life. We laughed. Uh, I, we laughed until I literally was trying to close a cattle gate and was laughing so hard. I couldn't get the cattle gate closed. And we cried tears of joy. I, I got to watch Chris Easter's kill his first ever grand slam um sitting right there and i chuckled as the bird walked out at 15 yards sitting there realizing this guy don't know who he's messing with and uh i I, chris shot him we shot a little video as soon as chris shot that bird we shot a little video um because we couldn't go to the bird it uh the bird was laying there and we were getting ready to run up and you know you know we we jumped up we hugged and we you know we celebrated chris getting his grand slam and I said come on let's go get your bird Well, before we could get to the bird we realized there was other birds and I had not killed a bird in Wyoming yet on this trip so we had to stop Chris was like whoa, whoa, whoa there's birds out there hold on let's stop we couldn't go pick Chris's bird up because if we got into this little gap that the bird was laying in the other turkeys would have seen us so we just sort of sat back and whispered a little fun video and Um, it was, it was a trip of a lifetime. I mean, this, this Turkey season has been bittersweet. Some of the greatest experiences and every Turkey season, you have some of the greatest experiences of your life. And then some of the worst experiences I've dealt with this year, It's, it's some, you know, just really bad stuff has happened. Turkey season, not Turkey related, uh, just, you know, on a personal level, some, some really bad stuff has happened, but, um, that, that was, it made me really proud when Quentin and Chris and two other friends of ours, Mark Hughes and Jeremy Barton uh, came back and we all agreed, God don't like ugly. So had I gone to Florida and really gotten upset because I had boogered that bird up, I could have ruined it for everybody. And, um, I chose not to, it was an act at first because I really wanted to be a jerk. I really wanted to show my, you know what, but I didn't. Um, and, uh, because I didn't, I was able to experience one of the greatest trips I've had hunting ever. Up until I went to Wyoming and Montana this year.
0: Wow! Now uh, that's so that's you went in. You went and had the best week of your or best hunting week of your life. Period, that, bar none. Period, bar none. Species aside, location aside, mm-hmm. and that's after having a you know a a, a hit slash miss. You know uh, you know un. You know, a, a hunt that didn't end the way you wanted it to in Florida. In Florida, and the, yeah, and that's the point where, uh you know, as hunters, as human beings, we can choose to, like you said, stay positive. God don't like ugly. There's a pro fisherman named Gerald Swindle, and he yeah. has, a, a, like, one of his big time things he puts on his jersey, and he has bracelets. It's PMA, Positive Mental Attitude, mm-hmm. and because he's, you know, he fishes for a living. I mean, if he he has sponsorships and things like that for sure, but. If he doesn't perform, he doesn't put food on the table. You know, I mean, he's that's the uh, you, you got to be positive. You got to flush the bad stuff, and that's you know, you could have went to Wyoming with an anxious mind and an anxious heart of well, crap. You know, if I see a turkey, I'm gonna screw it up, or you know, if so and so sees one, he'll screw it up and miss. You know, you could have had a truly anxious and you know, you know, uneasy mind about it. But like you said, you look at the bright side. You get thing. You, you you move past it. And uh, you know, and that's you know, through any, any bad thing in in your in your life, in your day, you know, I'm you know, talking to myself here, but I could get mad at dropping something, breaking something, you know, just you know, get mad, slam a door, you know, just but if you if you can flush things, I, I I like that saying of God doesn't like ugly, God don't like ugly. That's uh that's good. But that's you know, that's for any anything in this life, hunting, fishing
1: jobs well, and... and you know the the turkey usually wins you you if you don't if you if you are prone to a negative attitude and a sour attitude then turkey hunting's probably not for you cuz he's going to beat you like a drum a lot of times and uh i've had a personally i've had a good year i think um you know in georgia and um i had a great year in florida i just personally didn't bring home the turkey but i had a blast and um george i did really good wyoming didn't know i was going to go to montana um but um i've also had years where i didn't do so good um and i was able to learn um a when you have some success you need to embrace it and um enjoy it um but but stay humble in it because the turkey is going to humble humble you really quickly unlike any other animal i've hunted there may be a te- uh, an animal out there that's more humbling to hunt than a turkey. I hadn't hunted him, um, so just keep positive attitude. And remember that this is all a blessing that we gifted uh, to get to do this. And instead of getting angry when we don't have uh,
0: what we view as success, um, just just be glad we got to do it again. Right, and you said something earlier too that I wanted to touch on. It was the you know, no other species of animal that we hunt typically can end in end without bagging a trophy. And you still get that positive outlook or, you you know, you had you could have a great hunt because you can go deer hunting and see nothing, hear nothing, have no evidence. And you're like, I learned nothing except for they weren't here today. You know, the, so sure. turkeys, one thing, that's one thing I do love about turkey hunting is usually if you're around birds, you have that good that good experience. So, right. uh, in this on that trip up north, you said you went to Wyoming and Montana. Uh, mm-hmm. How was it? You got to fit, or was it uh, was it public land both places? Were you all up on a guided trip, or what? How, what was that trip like? Uh,
1: it, it was public land um, in Wyoming. Um, we had uh, paid a private landowner access from his land to get to the public land and um he actually was actually providing this place to stay as well but um his personal public his personal private land there's it's a cattle operation there's no trees on it therefore there's no turkeys but we could get in we were um most of what we were hunting in wyoming was the um thunder basin national grasslands and uh, but we were able to access it um through some public area that is i mean i think the thunder basin is 89,000 acres if i'm remember correct we were able to access it through some private areas uh, which was nice but um we had planned to go out there and do that we knew sean Fricky with skyline Out uh, outfitters he does elk mule deer bison or buffalo i don't remember which one uh mountain lions prairie dogs he does everything and it's all fully guided. <clears throat> he doesn't do it. He he doesn't care about turkeys. He's like, you know, if you want to come turkeys, hunt turkeys that's self-guided, I'll, I'll give you a place to sleep. And that's it. And that's what we've done. This is my second trip out there. And it's just phenomenal hunting. Um, and uh, we were fortunate enough um, with me and another gentleman, Mark Hughes, that had gone out there. He and I had gone out there two years ago. Um, we took you know, three other friends of ours, actually five other friends of ours. And, um, but with a little bit of knowledge because we had been out there before and we had been successful the last time we were out there. Well, we were done in 24 hours in Wyoming and we had planned all along if we got done in Wyoming, we were going to go back to uh, South Dakota to Rapid City and we were going to hunt the uh, Black Hills because um, you can buy an over the counter license in South Dakota over there. And um, we, when um, the first night Clinton Phipps and um, Mark Hughes and Jeremy Barton all killed their birds and it was uh, basically Chris and I left uh, uh, to hunt, you know, the next day, Um, we had talked to him about, well, I think Mark and Jeremy and Clinton are gonna head back to South Dakota and hunt while me and Clinton finish up here in Wyoming, I mean, excuse me, while me and Chris finish up here in Wyoming and he said why are you going to south dakota montana's just 20 miles up the road now 20 miles out there is an hour drive um but uh we said really and my dream my whole life was that one day i would get to hunt in in montana and i didn't care if it was you know if i if i was um hunting anything i just wanted to hunt in montana one day and um so we pulled up and found some public land in Montana and Mark and Jeremy, who were both done, they headed on up there. Well, they killed birds the next day. Um, we, Chris and I got done the, the. we got to hunt Sunday afternoon, the afternoon hunt, three birds were killed the next day. Chris and I killed our birds. Then the three, uh, Chris and Clinton and I um, took a, a day off, Um and helped two other friends of ours um, get on some birds or whatnot and then we headed to montana and um, that w- we went to uh, public land that we had never set foot on other than 24 hours earlier we had never even seen on OnX. x and by 11 o'clock um, that wednesday morning uh, we had three turkeys dead we killed three uh turkeys off that 640 acre uh, piece of of private land that we found walking in we found um several carcasses that this was you know we realized okay this has been hunted before this is probably not going to work out and um i mean it was just it was just an amazing trip it uh not going to sit there and say that we were um you know we, we hit it right You know, I'd love to sit here and tell you that it's just because we were um, we hunted harder, which we did hunt hard or we hunted better. And I thought we hunted good. But in all honesty, the truth is, is we just hit it right. And we, you know, we we hit it on a good day and three, three turkeys died before 11 o'clock that morning.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a fast paced day for sure. Three turkeys to die that quickly um, anywhere in the country. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are there are, you know, guided places you can go where you could, you know, really stack them up like that. And people have done it in Georgia before. But mm-hmm. uh how, how different is it? I know like you were comparing Georgia to Florida earlier in that Georgia, you know, you can use the terrain to your advantage where you may not see the turkey until you're ready to shoot the turkey. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, a lot of the hunts that I've been on is we hear him, we hear him spitting, drumming, scratching the leaves. He's gobbling. All of a sudden you hear a gunshot. You're like, what are you shooting at? And but your buddy who had the gun could see him, and the turkey died. You're like, well, I, mean, I hope you look pretty, you know. But uh, how different is hunting in Georgia versus hunting up in a place like Wyoming or Montana? Because I've never been out there. I've watched yeah. Yellowstone. I've watched Yellowstone, so I've seen, you know, what Montana looks like on the TV, and I've seen pictures, you know, things like that. But so you know. So, how, you know how different? Well,
1: you know, I'm sitting here thinking about it, and honestly, every hunt that we had out there was exactly what you said. Um, you know, we didn't necessarily watch them come from 100 yards away across a big meadow in this open pasture. Um, one of them, I guess, Chris and Clinton did, but I was hitting in a bunch of brush back up from them. I didn't get to see Clinton's bird come in, and Clinton killed a big one. But, um, you know, the hunt was not a lot different It um, the gobbles obviously sound a lot different. The terrain, um, where you and I are from in North Georgia, um, I would tell you that the terrain's not nearly as bad. The hills may be bigger, but they ain't near as steep. Um, that's how come a 50 year old could keep up with two 32 year olds. Um, when I was out there, it, uh, you know um there was still we were able to use the terrain um to our advantage it was it was a lot like um it was a lot like here in georgia the only thing i would tell you that was really really different out there and i'm not saying because we got our butts kicked while we were out there in montana that morning that we killed three birds by 11 o'clock we also got our butt kicked one uh, uh for about an hour and a half by um a turkey that ran up me and chris eastridge all over the side of that mountain and had wanted nothing to do with us he gobbled at everything we did but he would not come in so a butt kicking out there feels just as bad as a butt kicking here in georgia but um the only thing i would tell you that's really different is is other than that one bird that that whooped me and chris um when we got a bird out there to we heard a lot of gobbling um they were hinned up really bad when we were out there but when we got a bird to answer us he generally died except for one turkey and that was the turkey that whooped us pretty good but i would i would i would caution people to to that are sitting there going so all you got to do is make them gobble and coming in we had that's not it's not that easy we had to find the bird the lone bird that wasn't with hens now one bird we did call in with hens um but um we also had a lot of birds just give us the you know the cold shoulder and they didn't want to have anything to do with us um the morning chris killed his it was uh we were listening to two other birds gobble their brains out but they did not answer us one single time uh they had hens with them and uh so honestly it's not a lot different the scenery's you know the 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 flora and fauna is a little bit different in the woods you're in and the and sometimes you can see a lot further than what you can see around here and but as as far as 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 far as the hunting it wasn't a whole lot different than what my twenty twenty three has been here in Georgia, which has consisted of getting my butt kicked by every turkey that was hinned up until I found two that were by themselves and I was able to kill them. You know, um it uh wasn't a, whole lot, wasn't a whole lot different. There was just a lot more goblin out there. Yeah, you, you know, out. If you hadn't been out west, you need to go out and experience that. We still, we still claim we have more numbers in Georgia than what you do in some of the western states. I, I, I can't see that we've got more turkeys here than what what they've got in Wyoming. That's just ridiculous. Maybe, maybe they're more concentrated in Wyoming. I don't know, but. um it's really nice to go out again and hear a lot of multiple gobbles um, uh, that in in, um, in the morning, and being able to get one to, to bring into you. So it, it was a, it was just a phenomenal trip. It was great fellowship. Like I said, the, the biggest thing I want to go out there is we didn't just kill ten birds in two states in three days. What I want everybody to know about that trip to Wyoming and Montana was five grown men laughed until they cramped up in their sides and they cried tears of joy because of, of, of the experience we were having. It, it was just phenomenal.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's what it's all about. I mean, the trips we go on the, you know, the things we kill, that's great. But you know, it's just the people you're with, the stories you get to tell while you're there, the stories you've gained from it. Cause I mean, that's a memory that you guys will have forever, you know, I mean, you'll, right. you'll be telling you'll be telling stories about the the amount of birds you killed, and sure, maybe you hit it right, but you know, don't don't discount you guys. Y'all are some, you know certified killers. Uh, a lot of turkeys have. Well, no, there there them. was
1: no quit, and you know, and that was the one thing I got to say. Um, in Wyoming, I was the last person. Uh, I was the last of the five uh, to kill a turkey in Wyoming, and not a single one of them gave up until I was done. Right. When we went to Montana, Chris was the last uh, to kill in Montana, and not a single one of us gave up. There was no quitting any of us, and it wasn't because we're this these tough, you know, die hard kind of guys. It's because we love it. You know, if we didn't have a tag and couldn't take a gun, we'd have gone and done it anyways. We'd have just let them walk off at the end. We just, we just love it.
0: Yeah, and I tell you, that's uh. You know, it sounds like a special, special trip, and like you said right there. Uh, sometimes going in the woods without a gun—I mean, I haven't done that—but you know, I I try to kill something if I'm going in the woods here lately. But uh, Herb McClure, this is kind of circling back there. You know, talk, I talked to Herb quite a few times in trips, and he he said he learned the most just going out into the woods with a call and a camera, and just mm-hmm. being around them. I mean, that's the. Like I said, you guys have that kind of love for it, and that's uh, that'll kill you a lot of turkeys and it'll give it'll let you have a better time too. But
1: well, the nice, the nice thing about turkey hunting is, is I don't, you know, Maddie and I, especially when she was younger, would always, but or we even talked about it this year. We've never left the woods where we didn't sit there and talk about something we learned that day. And I'm not saying I don't learn anything when I go deer hunting or any of the other hunting we do but nothing like what turkey hunting. I mean, you, you get humbled and you get taught, um, something every time you go out and do it and, um, sitting out there and experiencing it and getting beaten over and over and over again, teaches you, um, everything you need to know so that one day you start putting it together and start killing some turkeys.
0: Yeah, for sure. So Is there's a, There are plenty of great books and a lot of guys on social media now are, you know, putting out the stories and like the, you know, kind of little short, shortened memoirs, I guess, of what they've learned or, you know, some very well written pieces like the 10th Legion or the book by Herb McClure, you Mm -hmm. know, but it's the encyclopedia of knowledge that people gain from turkey hunting because I mean, Sometimes it's very easy. Some people have the great piece of property. They go out, they hunt twice a year, they kill their two birds, boom, they're done. Now, there's no, not a lot to do it, not, not a lot to, you know, to learn in, in those scenarios. But for the most part, the vast majority of people, it's just, like you said, the amount of things you can learn, the amount of things you can discuss and talk about, and just you know learning for the next time. And that's it's like turkey hunting is something that you can never quite fully master it. Like like you said earlier, the turkey is the master of the turkey woods. They're the king. And, you know, they usually win, but like there's you, you'll like you will never be a hundred percent as a turkey hunter. And that's the you know, you learn something every time. So that's well, a special, special thing.
1: But by, by human nature, we're arrogant because we're human and we think we can go out and make something happen. And and one of the things that was so reinforced in, in Wyoming and Montana. And Chris Eastridge and I, I don't know how many times he and I have looked at each other and said, you know what, let's just sit down and let him tell us what he's going to do. And, and you know, so many times you want to go, no, 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 let's call again, let's make him gobble, or let's go right over this ridge and see if we can see him. And um, what was reinforced so well in Wyoming and Montana was how many times that he and I, not just out there, but for the last several years we've hunted each with each other, um one of us has looked at those and said we just need to sit down and wait. now it's like a race to see who can say hey let's just sit down and wait and see let him do because 10 minutes after we sit down and stop we kill turkeys you know um you know and that's things that um that you know patience comes with with experience but um, it, it's also something that's not human nature. You want to, no, 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 I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going I'm to keep doing this. No, sometimes you got to back off. Sometimes you got to sit there and go, you know what? I'm just going to let him tell me what he's doing before I go do this. And and uh, good things happen. I can't remember a time except for one time um, that Chris, and that was in Alabama last Saturday, that Chris Eastridge and I have sat there and said, You know what? Let's sit there and let this bird tell us what he's going to do. That we didn't end up killing that turkey. That was that last Saturday in Alabama was the first time that we've ever done that and not killed a turkey directly afterwards.
0: Yeah, that's uh, the last few years. That's something I've started doing more of. Is you know, um, I guess you could call it arrogant, but like it's uh, an arrogant type of turkey hunter. In in that, I really enjoy hitting a call, hearing a gobble, like, if they're not, some, there are some days, and this is a problem of mine, some days, if they don't want to gobble, I don't want to kill them, like, nah, I'm 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 going to go home, I, I don't want to wait, I don't want to, but, you know, you could be, the better turkey hunter is the more patient one, like you said, to sit and wait, not to make him gobble, <clears throat> to gobble, and um, some of my best hunts the last few years have been we may, we'll be on birds They gobble on the roost that maybe they're hind up, but you know, then nothing's happening. We're calling, we're walking, we're covering, you know, we're up on national forest, mostly up here in Lumpkin. And then I'll look at my buddy, Randy Otis is who I hunt with a lot of times up here on public land for turkeys. I like, let's just, let's just find a comfortable spot on the edge of this road and just hang out for a minute. Like mm-hmm. don't call, just talk, whisper, you know, you know, talk to him, see what's going on in his life, I'll, and talk about what's going on in my life, whatever. And then we'll call every ten or fifteen minutes. And you know, half the time at this one place we we hunted a few years ago, if you would just sit down and shut up, the turkeys would gobble on their own. They wouldn't be gobbling at you, but that's all right. You just sit still, and like okay, well he gobbled once. Give him a few more minutes. Okay, he's going that way. We can circle around. And we can make a move on him. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's you know killed killed quite a few turkeys for us where we just sat down like we know they're in here we know they're within we're we're within a few hundred yards of these birds most likely sit down shut up and just let it happen you know and that's very hard to do i don't like doing it but that that is the way to go most of the time
1: well and i don't like deer hunting turkeys If if i wanted to deer hunt turkeys i would just wait till the fall and i'd deer hunt deer but um you no, know, part of what makes turkey hunting so fun is the interaction with them and the being able to, you know, it's it's active. You're you're actively pursuing this, mm-hmm. um, but you know, at the same time, and, and I won't say that Chris and I've ever sat down and and just sit there and said, "Well, we haven't heard anything. Let's just sit here and wait." No, we're probably going to hunt another turkey somewhere else or a biscuit or something else. But when we've had turkeys out there gobbling and we realize. You know what? We're going to bump this bird. We're going to call this bird to death. This bird's—we're not in a position. This bird is not—he's answering us, but he doesn't sound that excited. We, you know, about it. That's when we say, "Hey, let's just sit down and uh, see what this bird's going to do." And—and that's—that's a deadly maneuver. to when he's when you've got him gobbling, if he's answering you, and, but you're not in a position, he's coming to you just sit down and 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 let him tell you what he's going to do. Cause this year has been the year that um, there's not been a lot of gobbling in the Southeast. I no, don't no, I don't, I haven't talked to anybody this year who has said um, that, Oh yeah, they're gobbling their brains out. Now maybe there's a morning here or there where they've done well, but, but at the same time, everybody's seeing a lot of turkeys. They're just not gobbling a lot. And um, both, both turkeys I killed in Georgia. I just happened to, strike them at the right time and um you know um there was and this the first bird i killed in georgia um he came in silent to me but i had i had worked in the day before i should have killed him the day before um but i'm that guy that always sits there and says whatever we do we ain't gonna let a turkey get out of here alive we're not gonna let him come in and not take the shot well i didn't take the shot <laughs> but uh he and it was a it i had a good shot on him and um It, uh, But he had come so far so quick, I just knew he was going to walk three more feet and get out of the thick stuff. But he didn't. He turned right around and went away. And I spent the next two hours uh, down there um, letting him gobble at everything I did. But he would not break and come back to me. But next day, I was able to slip in there and tried to find him. And I I did. I just set up. I said, I know he's in here. I just went in there and, and set up and called every once in a while. And He never gobbled, never heard anything. I just happened to cut my eyes over to the left. And uh, he was coming in there with his head up, looking around for me. And uh, I decided at that point I would shut up and let him just walk right in front of me. And he did. Um, Second bird I killed in Georgia. um, It was the one I I talked about earlier. And uh, I'd been seeing him strutting and everything out in one of the pastures. And I finally just parked the tractor, went down there. Yelped at him three times, and I hit him at the right time. He this was quarter to, quarter to five in the afternoon. He, uh, um, you could look at him and out in that field by himself, I was like, he's by himself. He's you know he's dead bird walking, and uh, and he was. He came right in, um, and that's you know that's the majority of the everybody blames it on being a suicidal two year old. I don't I don't agree with that. I think there's a lot of times you just find a bird by himself and he's going to come running in, Um, and it doesn't matter what age he is, especially late in the season. uh, That's when you kill your big birds anyways. Um, They come running in um, because they're lonely.
0: Yeah, a lot of times you got to find that right bird during trigger season for it to to work out perfectly, but um, it's getting pretty late here, so we can go ahead and look ahead to uh, the future with you and uh, another episode we're, um, that we're wanting to do. So John has, he, he, we, he's, he we're calling it the gospel of Pistol Creek. And he alluded to it here a while back about what it involves and just the, the crazy supernatural God-filled faith-filled things that have lined up around Pistol Creek and what has helped make Pistol Creek what it is today. And just all the people involved, the things that have happened and fallen into place, and we're going to do a much more well-produced thing that I than I normally do. We're going to try to get get it in a nicer studio, nicer equipment, nicer you know, nicer audio visual things like that, so we can kind of encapsulate it. It'll be on my YouTube channel in my podcast, but it will probably also put it on Pistol Creek's YouTube. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it and up that, there. So. Yeah, and it's kind of the. It'll, it'll, I don't know how long it'll be, but I know John said it's 48 minutes when I rehearsed it the other
1: night for Austin's uh, memorial service. So, okay. Um, okay. uh,
0: but if we start,
1: if you start talking, it could go, it could go a while, but
0: yeah, and uh-oh. that's going to be one where I do a lot of shutting up and listening, you know. But, uh, that's, you know, it's, it's your, it's your story. It's the story of what Pistol Creek is and what it means. And just, uh, I feel like it's an important thing to do, you know, to let people know. Because that's, you know, all all the big companies, I'm sure they have, you know, a corny, you know, origin story of it started in a garage or, you know, whatever. Every company has their where they started. And I feel like it's, you know, knowing that there is a gospel of Pistol Creek, I feel like it's time to to share. Well,
1: and that's the really neat thing about the gospel of Pistol Creek. There was never a company ever thought, we never thought about having a company. You know, it just uh, it just sort of happened. But I, I'm I'm going to leave hanging on that because um, I'm I'm proud of Pistol Creek. Austin, um, rest his soul. He and I worked hard at it, but we didn't work near as hard as what we had to at other things. And seems like Pistol Creek, sure that did have some divine intervention along every step of the way. Because, um, um, and we're proud of what we've done, but we can't take credit for it. This
0: was by design. Right. And and to the listeners that don't know Pistol Creek lost a very pivotal and crucial part Austin Long passed away earlier this year yeah. and uh, you know we're we're all hurting still but that's if you all I haven't said anything about that on here so that we're we're referring to Austin Long and we you know rest in peace we miss him we love him but um so that's that's what John was talking about and referring to there but um but yeah the uh, I'm I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to that a lot the the gospel, Greek and hearing about it, and hearing all the. I'm, and I'm sure I've heard some of it and know about some of it, but I, I know I don't know all of it, so I'm looking forward. Well, to Well, know,
1: nobody there. knows any uh, all of it anymore because there's
0: been so many.
1: Ba- basically, we're going to talk about how there's no such thing uh, in God's world as coincidence, and, and give you some examples of. And and you're going to say, you know, going all the way back to my trip in Florida this year when I stop and watch a turkey get shot by a kid from Ohio that it turns out I know and has stayed right here in such as Georgia with me. I mean, there's just so many what, if you don't believe in God, you would have to call coincidence, but then at the same time, you're going, there's no way this is coincidence. Yeah. You know, there's just so many stories like that involved in it that um, tune in. I, I, you know, I hope it'll be inspirational for you.
0: Yeah. And that'll be uh, we'll try to get that. Sometime this summer, I don't know if it'll be June or July, but we'll definitely. It'll probably depend on availability of the uh, the studio we're going to use. So we'll definitely this summer we're going to get that thing recorded and pushed out. So that's. I may,
1: I may even try to get Beverly in there, but we we'll have to t- just tell her to keep her mouth shut. So <laughs> yeah, she's got I mean, it'll go three hours if she gets to run her mouth.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you, if you wanted anybody else who's been, you know, in on the ground floor of it, I mean. Yeah, well, the she was there. In,
1: in, I mean, she was in – she was uh, – originally she was in the backdrop, but she, she witnessed it all happen, and, and she was very integral in in pointing out to me and Austin several times, um, you think this is coincidence here, and I knew it wasn't. But Austin did, and that's part of – uh, all, that's part of the gospel of Pistol Creek is that – what happened in austin's life that's really special
0: yeah well i look forward to that john and uh, yeah, so it sounds like you guys have had a fantastic year so far uh yeah you know, turkeys have been turkeys have been shot and called to all over the country, and that's you know the far reach of pistol creek is is amazing you know i mean how many and you, you may or may not know this for an estimate how many states do you think Pistol Creek has had a hand in killing turkeys this year.
1: Golly. Um Some of them are just getting started up, so we're not done yet, but. Um, well, no, I was about to say, um, I don't think we've killed a bird in Arizona this year. And I don't think we've killed a bird in Hawaii um, this year. We've killed birds in both states before, but I don't think we've done that this year. Um, i i don't know i i'm i we we've, we've you know the actual creek bank guys uh we haven't hit that many states um although hunter young and reese dockery are going worldwide they're on a world tour it seems like um but I, I would venture to say at this point we've killed turkeys in 30 states
0: so far this year <laughs> i i didn't know if it was going to be 10 or 15 but 30 that's uh mm-hmm. you don't you don't realize how far. Just yeah, and that's not just gone, the Creek Bank can't. guys.
1: That's that's people oh, that are sure. sending us pictures and saying, "Hey, I've killed Damn. one here," and you know this, that, and other stuff. Yeah. I'd I'd venture to say thirty is a, is a, uh, you know, give me a plus or minus on that one, but I'd say thirty states. Right. right.
0: How many turkeys do you think?
1: I, uh, I have no idea. It, about, uh, okay,
0: okay, we can we can make this one easier on you. How many turkeys have been killed by the Creek Bank this year? do you think
1: 40 40 i'm getting four i'm, I'm going to say in there in the range that there on on the group text we've got there's there's 20 guys on there or 20 guys and gals on there um georgia has the most conservative game laws at two apiece We've got some Georgia guys that have had a couple of, you know, that are usually killing them every year, and they've had a tough year or so this year. But then you've got folks in Alabama. But then you've got people like Donald Jarrett that have killed them in Texas and South Dakota and Nebraska. And, and you know, then you've got me and Chris and Clinton killing them in Georgia, Alabama, Wyoming, South Dakota. I, I'd say it's very I, easily on the on the creek bank. There's, an on average, 40 to, and I could be wrong. I could go back to the group text and look, but yeah. I'm, I mean, you're on the group text. What do you think? You think 40 is conservative or you think we've killed more than
0: that? Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. 40 to 50. So somewhere in that number mm-hmm. of like, you know, kills that the Creek bank has had a hand in, you know, or, or, you know, pull the trigger on. Cause I know Tony Rotter guys at hall Creek. So there's no telling how many turkeys he's seen. Well, I mean, year. if we're
1: going to count that, I'm, I'm talking yeah. about trigger pulls. If yeah. we're going to talk right. about that, Donald Jarrett, uh, the, the operation he's got in South Dakota, they killed 33 turkeys in South Dakota, and then I don't remember how many in Nebraska. So, I mean, yeah, you know, if you count well, that, that, yeah, yeah, that I'm talking about good. actual trigger pulls right. ourselves. Right. So, right. So. Um, that, that would be, you know, which, you know, I've killed five this year maddie i mean there's six between me and maddie alone so right you know so it uh it um it's it's been a good year it's been it's been a really good year and but at the same time um i'm not bragging about it because for about three years i've needed a good year
0: yeah so well good deal uh super proud of what all you and Austin and Beverly and everybody has built and just what it is nowadays. I mean, I remember whenever it first, you know, the first the idea first came out, I got a couple of calls that don't say I don't even know if they say Pistol Creek on them. It was some of the first few calls I got from you, just like the first first couple of runs. Um, and I was like, I was like, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm excited. Maybe it'll get big. Maybe it won't. But either way, you know, I'm, I'm I was excited for you. So it's just. You know, I'm sure it's gratifying for you to see the reach it has, the reach it has, and the community it's built. I mean, that's the that's the big thing. Is it's not just about building a call well, and making money. That, that's turkeys.
1: that's it, the, that's the biggest thing. I mean, it's uh, I, I don't anticipate retiring off of Pistol, Pistol Creek. I mean, I'd love to. I'm not going to ever limit what it could do. But you know, I'd never be friends with Clinton Fitz from Oklahoma or for that matter, Chris Eastridge from Alabama, if it weren't for a turkey call, you know, and I just had the the trip of my lifetime with two people I'd have never met if it, if it hadn't been for this, so really, yeah. uh, really blessed uh, to be a part of this and, and, and be along for the ride. Yeah,
0: uh, like I said, that's the, I, I know you and I know where your heart is, the, the community side of it and, every, and what all that means, the Pistol Creek, the Creek Bank, I mean, heck, that's you know, just the fact that you have a creep bank full of guys, guys and gals, gals that are fantastic people, good human beings, God-fearing people. I mean, that right there, that alone is an accomplishment. So, right. super proud for you. Happy for you.
1: Thank happy you. To be, happy to be a
0: part of it. You know, I'm not much of a turkey hunter. I grew up more than I kill. But, I you know, happy, yeah, happy to be a part. So, uh, but thanks for coming on tonight, John. And we will uh, see See you later. All right. Well, thank you. I look forward to
1: doing the Gospel of Pistol Creek.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to the Bucktails Podcast.